We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on local now, channel 525. The Andrea K Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred seven pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Good evening and welcome to the Andrea K Show. I am so excited to be here tonight because it's actually been two weeks since I've been in here in the studio on a Thursday night with my boy Todd. I missed you. Yeah, I missed being here with you. Now, I was actually on the show last Thursday, but I had to call him from home because I had gone to a little wine dinner at Ruth's Chris and couldn't make it all the way back here uh, to the studio. I was at a farewell event for friends of mine who abandoned me and went back to their vacation home for a couple of months. Um, But thanks to my gal, Alicia Dern, who held down the fort for me until I could call in. And she's on the uh, on the line, actually, from Las Vegas. Hey, Alicia. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm actually, um, I'm doing better than I thought it was going to be tonight. I got my coffee, I got my donuts, I got my day quill, because uh, I got a little bit of a cold, but that ain't going to stop me. <clears throat> and uh, anyway, uh, tonight... Uh, coming up a little bit later, I've actually got Jason Miller. Let me tell you what's in store for tonight. I got Jason Miller's going to be calling in. We've got um, some elections that have been interesting uh, happening over in uh, Great Britain. So he's he's kind of our international news correspondent. Going to be calling in with that. Um, until then, it's me and Alicia here holding down the fort. And I got to thinking on the way in uh, tonight. Hey, there's a few ways to get involved with the show. I got some new listeners, peeps out there on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K5. Friend me on Facebook. Um, that's a great way to get involved because the real genius is out there in, in the Andrea K show community. Um, speaking of my community, one of my closest, dearest buds, a great friend of mine, uh, is concerned about my safety because y- y'all know I got a big mouth. In fact, I got to tell you a little story before I get into my opening. A couple of weeks ago, I actually, I think it was Todd said to me, he was telling me about how when I first started working with him, he he didn't realize at first that I was the same gal who did the business show on Tuesdays. He goes, because you know, you're, you're really, you're bubbly on that Tuesday show. You actually seem like you're kind of a nice gal. He didn't really say that, but <laughs> that was kind of the implication. Yeah, I guess I am a little bit different on the Tuesday business show that I do. Here I get fired up. This is about what I'm passionate about. One of the things that y'all know that I've been incredibly passionate about, those of you who've been been, uh, listening to the Andrea K. Show uh, for a few years now, you know I'm a staunch advocate for the free for free speech. I don't care who it is saying it or what they're saying it. I've always defended everybody's right to say it. I've also been a very loud, outspoken critic of radical Islam. And I've had Bridget Gabriel on my show, Zudi Yasser, lots of different people to talk about this subject. So those are two areas that I've been incredibly passionate about. And I'm not particularly bubbly when I'm talking about it like I am on my Tuesday show, Todd. Um, but... <laughs> And I've got a dear friend of mine who's been concerned about my outspokenness on it. And she messaged me earlier today and she's like, please be careful. Don't let people know 
um, when you're leaving for the station. I got to thinking about being careful and the personal responsibility we have to being careful and for our actions. You know, we got, you know, as women, especially, you know, we, you know, when I was in college, we made sure we walked in pairs. Uh, you know, we, we tried to, you know, I try to carry mace with me when I can. I try to keep my keys between my fingers to defend myself if I have to. You know, I try to park in a well-lit space. I try to watch for my surroundings. You know, I, I take measures uh, to, to make sure that I'm safe and if I'm with people that they're safe as well. You know, so there's, you know, I look under the car, you know, before I get into it. You know, now I guess on top of it, I've got to make sure I watch what I say about radical islam because that might make me unsafe <sighs> i'm I'm kind of queasy about that but then at the same token i say to myself because that's really seems to be the big topic that everybody's debating right now and then i say i ask myself well, would i go around wearing a t-shirt as i'm as i'm being careful about my surroundings and watching where i'm parking and trying to protect my safety would i wear a t-shirt that's got some depiction of Muhammad that might upset Muslims. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. But let me tell you why I wouldn't. I wouldn't because if I'm going to be uncomfortable or, or disturbed or feel slighted or feel offended by somebody depicting Jesus in a way that I think is disturbing, like dipping him in urine, then I'm not going to go around being hypocritical and displaying somebody else's religious leader in an unflattering light, intending to to, you know, offend somebody else. So I'm going I'm going to not do that because I'm not a hypocrite and because I don't go around intentionally trying to hurt people's feelings. But I'm not going to refrain from wearing that t-shirt because if somebody comes and throws acid in my face because they don't like that t-shirt, then it's my fault that they threw acid in my face. And as I've been weighing this topic all week, that's where I got to come down on the line about that. And the reason is, is because if somebody comes and throws acid in my face for wearing a T-shirt they don't like, it's not about the T-shirt. It's about control. It's about somebody trying to bully me and take over my mind and my thought and my actions and my, and my person. And that's where I got to come down on the side of free speech here as it relates to this issue. Because so much has been has been ignored in this whole topic because it's kind of been hijacked about that. And I get where people are coming from. And that's why I really thought hard about this. And the reason why where I got to come down on this is because what we're dealing with is not actually even a religion. This is not about a cartoon any more than Islam is really a peaceful religion or even a religion itself, because what it really is, as I've been saying for so long, is this is a political ideology of control that seeks to impose its will over individuals, their thoughts, their actions, their lifestyle. It, and it's by sword or by Sharia. It's about control. In fact, I was saying before this Garland incident that we need a GOP leader that's going to come out and say that, that it's not a religion that gets that deserves religious protections, but that it's a, it is a political ideology of terror and of tyranny. I was saying that before Garland. And so now we got it back to where people are now defending them as a religion. And I also got to thinking about this word provocation. If you're just tuning in, by the way, you're listening to the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. I got to thinking about provocation. What is provocation? Well, according to a definition, it's the action or speech that makes someone angry, especially if it's deliberate. Well, you know, that was just every day of my <laughs> life growing up in my childhood with a sister that just never wasted an opportunity to try to get under my skin. Okay? So, you know, if you get on any social media site, Facebook, Twitter, 
you know, you're going to be provoked. People are going to be intending to get under your skin. Look at the people that go out of their way intending to get under the skin of Christians, whether it's it's um, in TV, media, print, gay pride parades, you know, you name it. And some provocations uh, are meant to, you know, just to get people thinking, to maybe push an agenda. Some of them are actually really intended to make us angry. But if somebody provokes me intentionally, it does not give me the right to commit any act against them. And right now I got a friend whose husband punched her a year and a half ago, and he continues to this day to say it's her fault because she provoked him. So you know what? I don't want to hear any more about provocation. I got to come down on the side of what this is really about. It's not really about a provocation. It's not really about a cartoon. This is about a political ideology of tyranny. And one of the things that I'm glad about that's come out of this is one of the things that it's proven once and for all is that people can no longer say that there is any moral equivalency about Christians because there is nobody going to Farrakhan or any anybody who's intentionally provoking Christians. Nobody's going to them and telling them, you better be careful because you know what? If you say that, you might get shot in the face. Nobody's doing that. Why are they not doing that? Because nobody ever has to fear a Christian murdering uh, in the name of Christianity because they don't like something that somebody said. So, you know, whether you agree with the criticisms of Geller or not, I actually am glad that that's happening because it is getting us uh, to discuss some of these things like the moronic uh, equivalency. Um, I, I think that it, you know, we've already talked about it, how it's blaming the victims. What it also does is because it does blame the victim. You know, there's too much attention going right now blaming her instead of the focus on who actually committed the crime and why. And that plays into the hands of the terrorist because now we've got people arguing for them and for their agenda. And what is their agenda ultimately? It, their agenda is to deny us our freedoms. It is to replace the Constitution with Sharia. And they are scapegoating our liberties. And this is exactly what Obama did to the United Nations when he went there. Scapegoated free speech intentionally, knowing it had nothing to do with Benghazi. And he stood there and said the future does not belong to those who would slander the prophet. We need to speak back on that. Why is it that, you know, um, if this happens, why is it that the onus is now on the citizens? The citizens are now being told that you got to watch your free speech or you might, you know, have have a terrorist come after you. Why is the response to put the blame and the onus on the citizens to solve the problem? Why is it that the response is not for the United States government to say, OK, this proves once and for all that ISIS and, and the Islamic State it is here and this is on our soil and we need to wrap them out in every means possible. It is the United States government's job to protect us as citizens. It's not our job to try, try to protect ourselves with free speech or by by watching our speech or something we say because if you look at what happened on 9-11 back in the original attack on September 11th it wasn't about a cartoon then that happened that massacre was because of our very existence and that's what we've got to get back to and one of the things that I'm disturbed about this is that it now has Americans divided over the enemy instead of united over the enemy like we were after September 11th. And, of course, it's got the left now hijacking <laughs> this to try to get their hate speech legislation going on because in that, you know, it, 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 which is something that they've been pushing for a long time. So now it gives them an opportunity to do that. Do I blame Geller for some of that? Yeah, I think. But I think that instead of blaming one person or blaming free speech or or, you know, we need to unite as a nation. We need to unite against the enemy. The enemy is radical Islam. It is not a religion. It is a political ideology that seeks to impose its will. 
I'm going to take a break. When I come back, I want to bring Alicia in on this discussion. She is an attorney, legal analyst, libertarian. I'm sure she has some thoughts here on free speech and whether or not it can be a bridge. Because we got Chris Cuomo, Alicia, saying that that U.S. Constitution does not protect hate speech. So I want Alicia to answer Chris Cuomo when we get back from the break. Hey, don't change that dial. You're listening to The Andrea K Show right here on AM 1170, The Answer. This is AM 1170, The Answer. Want to start living better, longer? LaVita Compounding Pharmacy can help. Proudly improving the lives of over 10,000 patients, preparing personalized medications with the highest care, quality, and safety. Voted Union Tribune's best local pharmacy, LaVita specializes in bioidentical hormones, prescription skin care, transdermal pain creams, and more. Let us help you find the path to living better, longer. Visit us at LaVitaRx.com or call 866-507-1990. I'm Nicole Donnelly, and for over 20 years, I've owned and managed Miramar Kitchen and Bath with one goal in mind, to offer great service and great value. Just listen to what our customers are saying. Service was excellent. Easy process, start to finish. We are really happy with our new bathroom. We've already talked to them about redoing our kitchen. They have our complete trust. Call Miramar Kitchen and Bath, 858-271-8434, or visit my showroom, just one half block off Miramar Road on Commerce Avenue. Contractors license 657 do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency automation continuity proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales inventory customer management and financial reporting Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. AM 1170, theanswer.com. Hear us anywhere in San Diego and the world. AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Thank you, Todd, for playing some fantastic bumper music tonight. That is none other than B.B. King, one of the greats, someone that I used to see every year at Jazz Fest. He's now in hospice, and he's absolutely a musical hero of mine and a genius. But speaking of non-geniuses, we got this Chris Cuomo guy, Alicia, who's come out and says, you know, and whether or not whoever you want to blame for this terrorist attack, we know that one of the greatest things about this country is the right of free speech. And we know, Alicia, that it is not to be abridged. Or am I wrong? And Chris Chris Cuomo is right. Well, I mean, there are some restrictions on speech, but they're not, they're not that many. I mean, not, not on political speech and for individuals. I mean, there's some restriction on commercial speech. You know, you can't uh, advertise in certain ways. There's, there's restriction on speech that is uh, false like death, defamation, uh, and there's restriction on speech where it causes a panic, like uh, shouting fire in a crowded theater is right. the, the famous example. But there's been a lot, there have been many cases that have upheld that speech that people may find offensive 
is still protected under the, the First Amendment. And certainly, uh, you know, some people may find uh, drawings of Muhammad to be offensive. I mean, obviously, a lot of people would find that to be offensive. But that doesn't make it a justification for murder. And just because somebody wants to characterize it as bigotry doesn't make it bigotry. And bigot, uh, bigotry-type speech, racist speech, is protected. The KKK is protected under the First Amendment. Right. Absolutely. I guess Cuomo is quoting some case in 1942. I don't know what the legal case is there, but, you know, some case in 1942, that's not in the U.S. Constitution. You know, it's it's not supposed to be be abridged. And and Voltaire had a great quote. And then I want to move on to the GOP field and because we had some some lots of things going on with that this week. Voltaire said to learn who rules over you, simply find out who you are not allowed to criticize. Right. Right. Yeah. Oh, and you know who else had a great quote about this this week was Rush. He said, I'm waiting for the left, MSNBC, CBS and all the rest to stop provoking uh, Islam with their same sex marriage, you know, agenda. Well, you know, it's amazing to me that just uh, the other day on Facebook, there's a picture of some black women standing on a flag um, saying that. The, you know, the, there was oppression of black people in the United States uh, based on, you know, everything that's going on in Baltimore. And, and they were immediately hailed as, you, that is free speech. You can step on a flag, you can burn a flag, all that's free speech. So why is it that uh, that drawings of Muhammad is not free speech? Well, it, it's because the liberal left wants to tell you what the, you're allowed to do if it's in line with their political ideologies. And that's exactly what the First Amendment is meant to protect against. Exactly. And so, you know, they've been wanting hate speech legislation for a while. And that's been, you know, one of my big concerns. I had Heather Cronk on from Get Equal um, several times on the Andrea K. show um, because my big concern about the gay marriage was that it really wasn't about that piece of paper, that the agenda was that was just the hurdle to get them to the next step to where then, you know, pastors, preachers and other people could not preach their biblical beliefs uh, that homosexuality was a sin. And so there's lots of words and and lots of uh, religious thought and other thoughts uh, that the left would love um, to have a part of a, a piece of uh, legislation under the guise of, of hate speech. So I want to move on, though, because, uh, you know, a lot of big movement. You know, you're the libertarian analyst here. We're going to talk about uh, an event coming up in Vegas a little bit later. But lots of movement this week. It's kind of been overshadowed with this Garland event. But we got a few more people that have thrown their hat in the ring, Alicia. I think we've now got 851 Republicans uh, running. <laughs> every time with the Republicans, it's like they just... You just can't help but sort of cannibalize themselves at every primary. Yeah, I know. And you know what? As long as they as long as they continue to push, you know, if I would love to have the field open to 851, if they don't attack each other, if they attack liberalism and if they put forth their ideas in a way that, you know, if we have this many in the field, then maybe that's more interviews that are going to be done of Republicans. And that's more exposure to the American people about conservatism and, you know, their their ideas. And so this. This week we had uh, Carly Fiorina, uh, Ben Carson, and Mike Huckabee announced, none of which came as a surprise. And one of the, the 
biggest, you know, Huckabee, when he threw the, his hat in the ring, I mean, that really wasn't a splash. You know, I put, I quoted a joke that I, from somebody I saw on Twitter that said, you know, it breaking news this morning, former Arkansas governor, Mike Huckabee, you know, announced today that he's going to waste a boatload of money. I mean, nobody really thinks that Huckabee's going to go anywhere with it. And quite frankly, his folksy, you know, style, his jokes is, you know, I think it plays better for TV. I don't think that's really going to go anywhere. And I'm not sure how much time I want to spend, you know, dealing with Huckabee. What I find interesting is Carson and Fiorina. And the reason why I really, you know, love, love, love them throwing their hat in the ring, and I'm hoping that they maximize this, is I think that the American people are really tired on both ends of the aisle, really tired of career politicians. I think that's one reason why uh, the... um, People voted in Obama with somebody with very little experience in 08. The Republican Party has an opportunity now. And the American people has telegraphed in so many different polls how they're just sick to death. You know, their approval levels of Congress is really low. I think that is one reason why they gave a young, fresh face, a, you know, attractive man in 08, a virtual unknown with no track record and opportunity because people were tired of the establishment on both sides. I think that's one reason why Hillary's got an uphill climb, even in spite of all these scandals going on with her. And I think if the Republican Party plays it right, they can really have a good ticket because the issues with Obama is not that he's inexperienced. The issues are his ideology. And we have two, particularly Carly Fiorina. And I want to get you, you know, you gave a speech tonight about women in business tonight in Vegas. And what I love about Carly Fiorina is a couple of things. I come from corporate America. I spent a few years there. And let me tell you, you got to have some serious chutzpah and some serious brain power and some serious leadership skills to rise to the top of, uh, of of a corporation like she did. And I don't care who she ticked off as a leader of HP. She's got the good. She is a real leader. She is somebody who didn't just get on a plane and go do a photo op with Putin and other people like she says. She's actually done business with these people. That's a real leader. That's somebody who actually has executive experience, not somebody who was a community organizer and not even somebody necessarily who is is. Somebody like Jeb Bush, who has spent the majority of his life, you know, on the dole, basically working in government. I love her and I love her message. And I'm hoping that the Republican Party will seize an opportunity with her and maybe have her at least be a VP candidate. And what I love about Carson is I love that he provides a really unique opportunity for the Republican Party to break through this identity politics game. He is the one who can say, stop this crap about the about the Republicans hating black people. Let's let's get real about economics and about what the entitlement mentality is doing by oppressing the very people that the liberals say they care about. So I want to get your opinion on Carly Fiorina first and then your opinion on Carson. Well, I, I like Carly. Um, I voted for her uh, when she ran against Barbara Boxer. Of course, I mean, I'd vote against anybody. <laughs> I would vote for anybody who ran against Barbara Boxer, probably. But, um, you know, what I, I agree with you, it takes some real husband for a woman to uh, rise to the top of corporate America. She was uh, mostly a successful CEO of Hoopack. You know, she left um, after the compact murder didn't go so well. But, I, you know, she has management experience. She understands corporate America, which is an important part of running this country. I mean, I certainly think that she's more qualified for president than Obama ever was. Uh, her biggest liability from pundits is that she doesn't have a, a lot of political experience. I personally would like to see non-politicians in, uh, in the White House myself. 
And I think the uh, American people are ready to see some non-politicians. And I think that if I, I think if she uh, can cannot be thrown under the bus by the Roves and the and the GOP establishment, I think it's an incredible argument. I think it's in really uh, um, I think it's attractive and engaging. I think she's going to be attacked, though, because of her uh, downsizing and layoffs of Hewlett Packard. And so she's going to be attacked by labor pretty hard. Well, you know, I think she's got a good argument against that. And I think that, you know, um, I think that she, you know, do and do Americans really respond to that? You know, I mean, the American people are giving Hillary a pass on this crap of what she's doing with the Clinton Foundation. <laughs> so I'm not really no. sure, you know, when you're dealing with the low information voters aren't even that their eyes are going to glaze over. Um, and, you know, the high information voters are going to get it. Some polls that have just come out, which are really interesting. Quinnipiac uh, has Walker. Uh, leading and Jeb Bush in seventh place. Yay! I was so happy to see that because you know you you turn on the news and they're telling us that Jeb's our boy and he's the only one that can win. Um, there was a Wall Street Journal NBC poll that said that um, three out of four primary voters were saying that um, they could vote for Rubio. And he had the widest appeal. And I think Jeb Bush came at the bottom end of that. Uh, One poll that came out, Alicia, that caused a lot of consternation on Facebook yesterday was that 60 percent of Republicans in one poll said that if Jeb Bush was their nominee, that they would stay at home. And that gets me back to the to the question, the argument that I've had with so many Republicans, which is. You know, that you better not stay at home. That's how we ended up with Obama, because conservatives didn't stay. They didn't come out to vote for McCain and they didn't come out and vote for Romney. Well, you know, what are we supposed to do? Send a message to the Republican Party that they don't have to put forth somebody who's a true conservative, that they can just put any schmuck in front of us and and treat us like we're the black vote for Democrats, that they can just take our vote for granted. No, I am not going to give that message to the Republican Party. The Republican Party needs to look at those numbers about Jeb and say, you know what, we hear you out there. We're not going to try to shove this man on you by bad-mouthing everybody else, by having all the big donor, donors suck up all the money away from the, from people like Walker and, and, and the rest, and Rubio and Cruz. No. The, we need to send a message loud and clear to the Republican Party. You will not take us for granted. And I tell you who, I, who I'm loving is, speaking of poll numbers, and you're going to love this too, I think, Alicia, is that when it comes to polling against Hillary particularly in battleground states, who has the highest percentage over Hillary? Rand Paul. Rand Paul, is it? Uh, Yeah, um, I mean, there are a lot of things I like about Rand Paul also. Um, I tell you what I like. Go ahead. I'll tell you what I like about Rand Paul, and then I want you to tell me what you like about him. What I like about Rand Paul is for so many years now, when we had McCain shoved on us, when we had Romney shoved on us, we were told, oh, hold your nose. We need somebody who can win. Forget being a pure purist, looking for a pure conservative candidate. We just need somebody who can win. Okay, well, if if, if I'm not supposed to have somebody, if I'm supposed to be okay with my candidate not being a pure conservative, why not? Why a rhino instead of Rand? Rand has proven that he can win, and I tell you how he proved to me that he can win, because he single-handedly in one soundbite snatched back from the Democrats the biggest gotcha question that cost us the election probably in 2012 with the war on women, and that was the question about um, exemptions. 
for abortion. He threw it back in their face. And let me tell you, Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been running from microphones ever since it happened. I mean, he sucked the air out of that entire debate for them. That's somebody who can win. And if you're going to tell me that I can't have a purist and I need somebody who can win, I'm going to back a winner. And I think it's Rand. Now, why do you like him? Well, I like Rand from Paul because uh, he's not part of the, the old party establishment. He does have an excellent grassroots uh, organization that his father has spent a lifetime building that he's uh, inherited. But I also li- I like him because he is well-spoken. I mean, everybody says he has gas, but, you know, I, I don't know any politician that doesn't. But um, the other reason I like Rand is that he has balls, but he's, he's smart about a lot of what he does. And so I think that out of all the potential candidates, he's the one who would be most likely to actually reduce the size of our government and bring us back to some of our foundational principles that he would actually be able to get some of that done. Um, and so that that is uh, you know, really important to me. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Now we're going to take a break and we come back. We're going to pick this up on the other side. I want to read some brilliant comments that are going on out there on Facebook. And then I also want to get into some other topics. There's some crazy, crazy going on out there in America, Alicia. I don't know if you've heard about this quiz that's been going on with 12-year-olds as well as, you know, we're even going to have a little fun tonight talking about Deflate Gate and Brady because, you know, I'm a huge fanatic for the NFL. So, hey, don't change that dial. You're listening to The Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Can't shake or lose these changes. Look no further. We have The Answer. AM 1170, The Answer. Convenient, homestyle recipes, and unique menu favorites. Sombrero, your place for San Diego-style Mexican food. Roll tacos, California burritos, and don't forget your salsa. Sombrero Mexican food. We get it, too. Fresh Healthy Vending, the nation's largest healthy vending company, is looking for locations in this area to place its latest innovation. A fresh, healthy micromarket at absolutely no cost to your business. A fresh, healthy micromarket is like a mini health food store for your office break room. Choose from breakfast meals, fresh salads, wraps, hot meals, smoothies, cold-pressed juices, and more, all at a convenient self-checkout kiosk. Now you can offer your employees exactly what they want. All natural, healthy, fresh, and organic foods. Fuel productivity and creativity, decrease absenteeism, and increase morale. Fresh Healthy Vending is offering the first 20 offices that sign up $250 cash and 15% of the net profits each micromarket generates each month. For free information about this exciting and healthy opportunity, visit freshandhealthy.org to request your free machine. Do you struggle with the day-to-day management of your business? Proteus takes the pain out of the business process management by providing you a complete system for efficiency, automation, continuity. Proteus is business solution that wraps itself around your business and grows with you. Gone are the days of multiple programs and systems for sales, inventory, customer management, and financial reporting. Proteus serves your business every day, all day, and revolutionizes the way you do business. Visit us today to see how Proteus can assist you online at www.proteuserp.com or call today, 877-749-3533. San Diego's home for intelligent, conservative talk. AM 1170, The Answer. I like to live the love I sing about. 
Welcome back to the Andrew K. Show. Loving me some BB Kings. Making me miss New Orleans, too. Hey, got to read a couple great, great comments out here because before the break, I was talking about the GOP field and and uh, some recent poll numbers. And Peggy brought up a really good point about Bush. You know, I don't know if a lot of people know that Bush 41, I saw a speech he gave to Congress that was all about the New World Order, and Jeb ain't any different. And you know what? The Bushes, and there's very little daylight, if any, between the Bushes and the Clinton family. In fact, they call Bubba their brother, which makes Hillary Jeb's sister-in-law. We don't want anything to do with either one of them, okay? Uh, Peggy says she likes, you know, Timothy says Walker's his boy. I love Walker, don't get me wrong. But I'm saying, you know, I'm just using the analogy with Rand that, hey, I want a winner, okay? I want a winner, and I got a lot more in common with Rand Paul than I do with Jeb Bush, Mr. New World Order, as Peggy reminds us of. Peggy says she likes Cruz and Fiorina. That's her ticket. But she would vote for Walker or Paul, but not Bush. He is New World Order. I'm right there with you, Peggy. Mm -hmm. And speaking of Hillary... Uh, some more news today about her. She's just flipping and flopping. All She's flipping and flopping more than, you know, some tourists out here in spring break, Alicia. You know, she's flipped. I don't know if you heard the latest news because you've been busy in Vegas. Now she's flipped back, uh, you know, 10 years ago. She was, you know, all about securing the borders, all about, uh, you know, prosecuting people who are employing illegals. And now she's come out not just for a pathway to citizenship. She's come out with Full amnesty, Alicia. She's practically offering happy meals and free college tuition to people as they come across the border, you know, for life. So she's flip-flopping on that, just like she did gay marriage. And it's all about to try to, you know, dangle the carrots to get people to ignore, you know, what she's what she's done, you know, with the Clinton Foundation. Um, anyway. Well, it's just buying votes. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's buying votes. And, you know, I, you know, I can't remember who the philosopher was or who was it says that might have been, been one of our founding fathers that said as soon as people figured out that they could vote, you know, themselves the Treasury, you know, you're pretty much done then. In fact, you know, I, I don't know if, if it's constitutional, but there's some people that have floated the idea that if you're on any type of government assistance and there is no such thing as government money, it's money, you know, taken from one citizen and given to another that you shouldn't be allowed to vote anymore because it's a conflict of interest. I want to talk about the government, though. I don't know. Speaking of, I, before the break, I told you there's all kinds of crazy going on out there. Did you hear this report, Alicia, about uh, a quiz that was developed by the CDC? Centers for Disease Control, which really means our federal government. They've come up with a quiz for 12-year-olds, Alicia, called the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. Have you heard of this? No, I haven't. Okay, this is like, yeah, you as a libertarian, this is going to make you, you know, flip your wig, although you don't wear a wig, but it would if you (laughs) wore a wig. Okay, this is like the NSA data collections on steroids. This is basically... data mining of 12-year-olds asking them some of the questions are so personal about sexuality that I'm not even sure with FCC regulations I can even say it on the air. When I was yeah, when I was 12, I wouldn't have even known what some of this stuff was. And I certainly wouldn't have, would not have admitted to it to a school teacher. 
what in the world are we doing here? I wouldn't have admitted when I was 12 if I had kissed a boy, let alone if I had engaged in some of the activities that they're asking of these kids. It is so blatantly an attempt to indoctrinate children into allowing the government to inject themselves into the most private areas of our lives. It is shocking to me. You know, here I thought that we had overreach going on in our school systems in an attempt to sexualize our children. But some of the questions, and I suggest that people Google it because I can't even read it on air. It's the Youth Risk Behavior Survey. Uh, You know, it's, you know, the, the people who are against it are saying, for all the various reasons that I just said, um, you know, are also saying that this is nothing more than a tool that's being used by the OBGT and, and the left to try to continue to push their agenda because, you know, it's all about normalizing a whole lot of activity that most people don't consider normal. Okay. Have you heard of this? No, but I just Googled it now, and I see that it's under this uh, program called the Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance surveillance system. Yeah, it's so surveillance, all like, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like the hairs on the back of my neck go up, you know, they're surveilling our children. Great. Yeah. I mean, that's exactly what they're doing. And you know what? As a, as a, as you are, there's so many things wrong with this. First and foremost, it's about another attempt of government to supersede parents, to get involved and in, in indoctrinate children and also take over people's lives and get people comfortable at an early age with having government involved in every aspect of our lives. The left says, oh, you know, hands off my ovaries. Well, they're getting involved in our children's privates in a way that is beyond inappropriate with this. Um, some good news, though. Well, it's, not, it's not just about sexual behaviors. It's about, uh, as I'm looking at this right now, the CDC's own website says this is about behaviors that contribute to unintentional injuries, violence, sexual behavior, tobacco use, dietary, unhealthy dietary behavior. So, they're, you know, we know they're going to control our kids' diets and inadequate physical activity. So they, is- they basically want to control every aspect of their physical and emotional lives. Exactly. And that's what liberalism is about. It's about control, not unlike radical Islam. There, you know, this is about this. So many people said, well, liberalism and, you know, Marxism and Sharia are not compatible. Absolutely. They are. There's very minor differences. It's all about a totalitarian control over people in their lives. And even, even if it wasn't about that, think about what it does to a 12 year old. I mean, you should be allowed to have to develop your own level of modesty and not, not be, have these kinds of questions, you know, placed upon you. It's so dominating. It's it's literally, to me, a violation of, of well, it's definitely the, it's the province of the parents. That's the problem is that instead of relying on the government and large agencies to decide how to teach our children to have healthy lives, um, we the parents need to be doing that. And the government needs to be not involved so much. And that's that's what concerns me is that the more the government gets involved, the more we're going to start having issues with, you know, what people call like medical kidnapping, essentially, where the government steps in and steals children from parents who are healthy children and traumatizes them by throwing them in the foster system. Yeah, and I think there's also questions going on in this survey that has to do with guns. Am I right? Because Timothy said something here on Facebook about how about them telling children to bring their parents' guns to school and, you know, tell the school that the children feel unsafe at home. This is, you know, this is the jackboots of tyranny, and this is happening right now. And anybody who says this is so, you know, I guess I'm going to say it, Alicia, this is so pre-WW2 Germany. This is so Hitler-esque. American people, wake up. Now, the good news is, in terms of, you know, I let off on that story about the NSA, 
the good news is, speaking of the NSA and their surveillance thing, is I, I guess a federal court today ruled that the NSA did overreach in the data mining of Americans. Well, hallelujah. Uh-huh. Okay. How about now they, they, instead of wasting their time collecting phone calls from every top, literally every Tom, Dick, and Harry American and, and listening in, you know, uh, to grandma, how about they actually go out and route out the terrorists that we now know? ISIS is claiming that there are 15 states with their terror cells going on here. And I absolutely, without question, believe that. So why is it that we have an, a, a facility out in Vegas, not far from where you are right now, that, that George Bush was involved in creating that costs billions and billions of dollars in order to house all the data about Americans instead of using our treasury and using our efforts to route out the terrorists that want to kill us? Oh, I mean, I, I think it's uh, inexplicable. And I think that the amount of data that's mined about American citizens is so horrifying I'm surprised that we're not all talking about it all the time. It's not just here in, in Nevada. It's, there's a ma- massive uh, data mining facility in Utah as well. And the government is just really, uh, they're surveilling us in so many ways. And I don't even think that the, the federal law is going to keep up with it. The amount of information that they can figure out about you just based on data mining is extraordinary. Well, yeah, and that's what that survey is with these kids. I mean, what's next? They're going to go into the kid- kindergarten is going, hey, you know, what you see in your mama's, you know, uh, you know, medicine cabinet in the bathroom. You know, I mean, come on. We, literally. It's that, you know, it's that 1984 idea of like, you know, spying on your neighbors. and Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's uh, it is very Orwellian. Right. So, listen, now we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to pick this up on the other side. And I'm hoping we're going to have our international news reporter calling in and telling us what's happening over in Great Britain. Because you know what? Here on the, in America on the left, they just can't wait to turn us into Europe because it's just gone so well over there with the open borders and allowing, you know, all the Muslims to come in and breed like crazy and take over and turn it all in, you know, into Sharia over there. So I guess there's been a lot of controversy and big stuff going on over there with Cameron and in the elections in Britain. So we're going to take a break. We come back, hopefully. Uh, I'm going to have uh, my international news reporter, Jason Miller, on the line to tell us what's happening over there. We're also going to talk about BB because that's another very important international election uh, that had important results for us. Don't change that dial. Thank you so much for listening to me tonight. This is the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170, The Answer. AM 1170, The Answer, and AM 1170, TheAnswer.com. Come this Saturday, May 9th, to the huge grand opening celebration of American Vision Windows in San Diego. Come join us for huge giveaways, including $5,000 worth of new windows, a flat screen TV, and much more. American Vision Windows, the number one window company in California, now proudly serving San Diego. Food, fun, and huge giveaways this Saturday, May 9th, from 10 to 4, 7950 Miramar Road in San Diego. Go to AmericanVisionWindows.com for more information. CSLB number 778326. Worn out shocks and struts make your car handle like a banana boat being towed by a super tanker. Fix that pavement pontoon now and get four qualifying Napa or Rancho shocks and struts for the price of three with a mail-in rebate offer. So stop sloshing around and conquer the job with Napa know-how. Mail-in rebate offer for Visa prepaid card in the amount of the lowest cost unit. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores. Offer expires 10-31-14. This is AM 1170. The answer. 
Phoebe. Anyway, he's calming me down because I was getting all worked up before the break. Hey, um, Alicia, speaking of, of worked up or not worked up, I'm trying to find a segue here to get to Brady and that dang deflate gate, and it just ain't working for me, girl. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, lying and cheating, it's just become so commonplace, you know, in our country. You know, it's like, is there nothing that doesn't involve cheating? We find out this week, everybody was like all about that Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, you know, last weekend. That was just such a huge thing. Everybody was loving Pacquiao because he's this good Christian guy and people just really putting their money behind him. And then next thing, I didn't get a chance to see it. I had a friend in town visiting last week. And next thing I know, I turn around, Alicia, and there's a class action lawsuit filed against Pacquiao. I guess, you know, you and I are like boxing fans, Kel Surprise. I guess... um, People have filed a lawsuit against him because he tore his rotator cuff two weeks before the fight, didn't tell anybody, and even signed some type of, I guess they have to sign some type of contract that basically says they're healthy enough to fight. You got people, you know, throwing the hard-earned money. Maybe you shouldn't gamble on, you know, on fighting or whatever. So you got that going on. And then we find out um, that, you know, Tom Brady did, in fact, know that the balls that were used— I guess, in the Super Bowl, were deflated. Now, does that come as a surprise to you, Alicia, given the fact that this is supposed to be one of the greatest quarterbacks in U.S. history, that he didn't realize the balls were completely inflated? I mean, you know, where's the surprise there? And, we, and <laughs> well, like, He probably handles enough football to know what they should be like. Well, right, exactly. And, you know, so it's like this has become such a huge story today. Here we are talking about the takeover of our children by the government before the break. We're talking about terrorist cells you know, 15 terrorist states with terrorist cells from ISIS around the country. And I turn on the news before I come here tonight, and there's Brady talking about deflate gate. You know, like, the, you know, we got Hillary Clinton taking hundreds of billions of dollars from foreign governments, you know, for quid pro quo. But you know what? And then I got to thinking, you know what? This is an important story because this is how far we've sunk as a nation to where cheating and lying is just become de rigueur. It's just become, you know, a part, you know, of everyday life, integrity, character, truth. They don't seem to matter anymore. We've got, you know, a president of the United States that lies every time he steps to the microphone, Alicia, and people don't seem to care. Yeah, I mean, you guys just spend as much money as you have in, on the line with these uh, the fights or the Super Bowl. I mean, you really have to not be naive about what people are willing to do. You know, and, and to kind of uh, talk about something you talked about at the very beginning of the show, when I was uh, representing Governor Johnson in 2012, there were people hired by the Democratic Party that were attempting to intimidate um, through violent means some of our poll, uh, some of our um, people that were going out and collecting signatures to get the governor on the ballot. And so when I um, brought this to the attention of the authorities, I started getting death threats. You know, and I, I realized that when you have this much money and this much power on the line, you, people just behave in ways that are atrocious, and we can't be naive about it. Right. So I hope that doesn't mean that the whole country is sunk, but I certainly believe that when you've got this much money on the line, that people behave extremely badly. Well, I do think that as a culture and as a society, you know, back back when I remember when Clinton lied under under oath and perjured himself and lied to the American people, you know, oh, you know, the, the, his defenders were all about, you know, it's just about sex. A lot of people, oh, conservatives, said, yeah, a lot of conservatives said at the time, you know what, this is going to have far-reaching repercussions on our society because it makes lying, uh, you know, acceptable. And I think that, you know, this is an example of that, you know, and if, if 
truth and character and integrity mattered as much to Americans as it used to, Obama and Hillary would both have been indicted. Yeah. Hands down. Absolutely. You got that governor of Virginia that was prosecuted for accepting a watch. We got our local boy, Duke Cunningham, that went to jail for taking some antiques and some hookers. You know, hello. I find it especially disturbing when people are not prosecuted for perjury. You know, right. a lot of people lie, but when you're under oath, that's like, that's a special thing. You know, we have to be able to lie in order to have justice in this country. Right. People are telling the truth when they're under oath. But like every, but like everything, liberalism, they say it's about fairness, but it's not about fairness because it's not fair when you've got some people like uh, Bob Menendez now who's been indicted, but Hillary's walking around and Lois Lerner's walking around. And you've got people working for the IRS that, you know, have done, you know, all these different shenanigans and they only not did not get fired. They've been promoted. You know, so you know, anybody who anybody who continues to tell you liberalism is about fairness, you know, exactly. It tells us that there's a double standard. If you're if you're lucky enough to be Hillary Clinton, you don't have to worry about right. laws and decency and ethics applying to you. Right. And but even within the NFL, I mean, my boys, the Saints got raked over the coals for Bounty Gate. Like, and there wasn't even anybody that was even legitimately hurt by the, the Saints defense. I mean, anybody who paid attention at the time knew that we had the worst defense in the league. Okay, nobody was hurt by that dopey bounty gate. And look how my Saints were destroyed. Okay, but yet Brady got away with it. Everybody knew he did this before the Super Bowl he was allowed to play. So, you know, hey, that was, that's not fair right there that Brady got away with it so far. My Saints had to suffer. We lost a couple of good seasons due to that bounty gate. But, hey, i got to shift gears real quick. I, I am curious. Jason Miller's on the line, and I'm curious about what's happened over in, in uh, Britain uh, because they had some elections, and I guess it's kind of gone awry over there, and I'm not really up to speed on it. Hey, Jason, welcome to the Andrea K. Show, and tell me what's going on in Britain with Cameron. Oh, well, if you think U.S. politics, Andrea, is a roller coaster, then you should be watching U.K. election politics. We're down to a humdinger of a race right now. It is literally too close to call right now. We have the conservatives leading uh, by 181 to 178 to labor. Earlier in the night, it was leading towards the conservatives at this point, but it has been going all over the place tonight. And, uh, Andrea, I can tell you, you, if you're used to a two-party system here in the U.S., you have to deal with up to seven parties in the U.K. Oh, good So grief. this is as complex as this can get, ladies and gentlemen, and it's been going all over the place. The conservatives just went ahead. Labor was leading for a good portion of the night. David Cameron just won his own parliamentary seat back. But the fear is right now that labor could overtake this. And Labor may win this, even though the conservatives have the majority and form a minority government with the means of the Labor Party's Ed Miliband being in charge. Now, what what is what is the implications for us if the conservatives don't win this and it goes to Labor? Well, what happens is it means the U.K. becomes more embroiled in the European Union, which has had its own set of problems with with other nations such as Greece, which is up on their debt limit by the by next Tuesday if they can't pay their debt off. We also have the likes of the Scottish National Party, who has won big in defeating Labour in Scotland. And rumor has it that if the Conservatives manage to win this race, that there may be another referendum in Scotland as soon as next year. And Scotland may be separated from the UK once again 
uh, upcoming next year, and they may join the EU on their own as their own separate country. A lot of a lot of stuff going in uh, with this race, uh, Andrea. When we, this race first started this morning, it was going to be too close to call. Rumor has it there was going to be a hung parliament. Still looks that way at this point. But the way okay. the parliamentary. Well, then, know you know, I've only got, yeah, I've only got a couple minutes left. Maybe um, if you can call in on tomorrow night's show and maybe give us an update and see where we're at at that point. Um, you know, speaking of conservatives eking it out, it looks like Bibi has has finally formed a new government for his fourth term. But it's a very squeaky uh, majority. He's got 61 seats out of 120. And that means he's going to need unanimous consent. Uh, to get any any legislation passed, any laws passed. So y'all know how much I love my man, Bibi. And so, you know, he's such a hero of mine, and I'm hoping uh, that his new government over there is going to go a long way in protecting, you know, our friends and our number one ally, which is Israel. And y'all know how how my heart is and that it's that my heart and my soul stands with Israel. Hey, um, speaking of heart and soul, I want to tell y'all about a great show that I've got planned for tomorrow night. And um, I didn't get a chance to pick Alicia's brain about what's going on in Vegas and the LPEX conference. So I'm wondering, actually, Alicia, if you're going to be able to call in tomorrow night to tell uh, us. You know, unfortunately, I can't. I'm going to be on a plane. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, then I'm going to tell everybody, tune in tomorrow night, tomorrow night's show, because I've got none other than Alveda King, who's going to be on the show to talk about Baltimore and to talk about uh, another important topic going on. Tell everybody real quick in a minute or two, Alicia, about LPEX and what's going on in Vegas. Well, uh, on the final weekend of May, so May 28th through June 1st, will be there's a, uh, a convention here, and the whole convention is a, it's a nonpartisan convention, and it's about teaching people who want to become active in government how to uh, develop their grassroots campaigns and how to run for, for political office. Uh, it's a, an excellent teaching group with uh, some very high-level speakers um, and uh, you know law firms and uh, people involved. Uh, with a grassroots campaign. So if you're interested in getting involved in politics, this is the way to learn. Even if you're not libertarian? Even if you're not libertarian, it's nonpartisan. There are there are politicians here that are speaking that are um, of the Republican Party, um, as well as libertarians, of course. Interesting. Do you think it's something that Andrea Kay should attend? What would I get I out of I would love to have you here. <laughs> yeah? Here. We should talk about it. Um, but yes, yeah, everybody who wants to learn more about it, please go to LPEC. Uh, dot org, L-P-E-X dot org. All right. Awesome. Okay. Um, well, I'm, it's a shame you're not going to be with us tomorrow night, Alicia, but it's always great to have you here every Thursday night uh, with me. And um, next week, I hope to, to pick your brain a little bit more about the GOP field because we didn't get a chance to talk as much as I would like with you about Rand Paul and about Carly Fiorina and some of the other uh, people. But everybody, remember tomorrow night, Alveda King will be on the show. Love her. I'm such a huge fan of her. She's got a lot of very important things to say about race relations in the nation, what happened in Baltimore. She's a very important voice. There are some big issues going along the border here in the nation that she's gotten very involved in. And so you're going to want to stay tuned for that tomorrow night, 9 p.m. right here on AM 1170. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K5. Friend me on Facebook. Let's keep the conversation rolling. I thank you all for being here. Todd, thank you so much for doing a great job tonight. Love you all. Have a great night. Safe travels to you, Alicia. Thank you.
Andrea K. Show on AM 1170. The Answer is sponsored by Andrea K.